You're listening to a podcast from Clock Shop. We are an arts and culture nonprofit based in Los Angeles. In this episode, we're taking a walk with ecologist and professional forager Nancy Clem along the site of the Bowtie Project, an 18-acre former rail yard adjacent to the LA River. California State Parks owns the Bowtie, and through an exclusive partnership, Clock Shop programs it with art installations, performances, and public events that respond to this unique location. In this episode, Nancy Clem will lead us through the site, noting the human uses and ecological functions of many different species of plants found there. Listen in. What's interesting about this site, and here Emma's picking up a, a nice rotten battery, an example of how we treat land, <laughs> and how that battery will leak into the soil and uh, contaminate the soil over time, because it's not deposited in the right place. Um, this landscape is also representing an ecosystem. So this is a novel ecosystem, as, as ecologists talk about. Um, it's a, a landscape that's um, inventing itself in a really particular way, and it's super fascinating. And I love going into industrial landscapes that have been abandoned and seeing what life starts remaking of itself. So this is telegraph weed. And um, it's a native, and what? And please add anything on here if you know it, or if anybody else does, because I don't know everything. Um, but it's it's a fantastic respiratory plant, and so this would be. Uh, and this is a plant you'll see again and again and again on this site. Um, we have fifty. We've found fifty-seven varieties of of plants, and I'm hoping that I might find some others. It takes. You know, if you have two days across 18 acres, serpentine style, you might have missed something. Um, so I expect that we might we might um, we might find something I haven't seen. I don't leave until Tuesday, so I can still find things. Um, but anyway, this is a a plant you'll see a lot. And look at how compacted the soil is. I mean, it's, and here's another one. I mean, it's like ready. Um, it's really doesn't seem to have a problem with this compacted soil which is really unusual because most of the weeds that we find in these really disturbed landscapes with low oxygen in the soil because we've pressed all the air in it and um, we have all sorts of other things kind of mixed into like bits of asphalt and gosh only knows what's on it, tend to be plants that are um, weedy species and not native species because the native species want uh, a richer environment and they want a more oxygenated environment and this is one of them that can actually can work with a lot of compaction and of course heavily alkaline soils so yeah so if we wanted to work with this as a respiratory herb the best thing um, to do would be to steam it steam with it so you would take that plant and you put in some boiling water you put your towel over your head and you could steam with it that would be a great way to work with it um, or take some in the bathtub with you. It's really good. And this is uh, mullen. It's a biennial plant, and it lives for two years. Okay, so this is from, uh, this died off last year, and it made its seed head, and there's still seeds in here. And you can crush them and let you look at that. Anyway, this is um, a, a beautiful plant for asthma and bronchial issues. 
it's also very mineralizing, and you can take a you can make a tea of this, and it's not going to be as dark as the nettles, um, but it'll be sweet. And if you're ha if you're somebody who's prone to asthma or has some like bronchial issues, you can drink it. Um, anyway, it holds a lot of. As you can see it holds a lot of moisture, and that and and it funnels that moisture in these leaves. It suspends it, and then it um, drips some down into feeding itself but it also evaporates holds a lot to evaporate and you'll see birds drinking from this and other creatures but i'll just pass it around it's a um, real it's a very dry plant and it's really easy to dry and it's the other way of taking it besides steaming is um i've also um, people smoke this plant because it's one of those plants that actually opens up your bronchial passages allows more oxygen in so if you smoke it and you don't even have to take it in, uh, you know, in a smoke, you can just burn it and then just be around it and you can inhale it that way in a little bit more passive way. Um, that's pretty nice. It's also great if your nose is running or, or uh, you're camping and you need something to wipe, wipe your butt with. It's, beautiful, it's a beautiful absorbent, um, soft uh, plant, but it's used for uh, bronchial issues. Here is, um, here's fillery, and it's a shallow rooted plant, and you see it has a purple flower, but then you also see it in a, in a really, really tiny form with a lot of um, red in it. And if anybody knows what, it, what that particularly is, um, that would be great, but we're assuming that it's some kind of fungal relationship because it's in this really, really moist area that's getting the runoff from here. The redness? Yeah. Oh. And so we, when we did our herbarium, we collected a green one where it's really well drained, and then we, and you look at this area right behind here, and it's getting really red. It's, it's, it's inundated by water, so this is a, a plant that really, it likes a nice garden, but it also likes a fair amount of drainage. And so they're very small, and they're also underwater, cuts down their oxygen, and so they're um, really different. So when you're looking at the plants, you'll see that they're, depending on where we are in the landscape, they can, um, they exhibit different forms. The chickweed, it's really, really high in omega-3s, and it also is good for burns and styes, um, conjunctivitis in the eyes. So it's really juicy and it's um, really easy to mash up and use on a burn or abrasion and also delicious. So if you want to nibble. This is a mare's tail or Canadian fleabane and it is a um, pain reliever. If you, when you look at this landscape over here, and by the way, this is some of the most um, contaminated land on site is actually right here. And who's here? Telegraph weed in the back, you see the dried heads, fountain grass, and Mexican fan palm. Anyway, so this this plant that we have um, now memorialized in the aquarium that was before the whacking uh, is um, has has a, a leaf about ten inches long, and this is. Um, Plantain, it's a common name, it's really, really deep uh, veining on the back, and it's a number one first aid plant, and it's very, very cooling and soothing to the body. Um, 
And yes, I've been touching it, but and it's a cool day, but it actually has a kind of a constant coolness about it. The way to activate this plant is with your own saliva, which is full of protein and it kind of gets into the cell walls and helps release stuff that you can activate plants by just grinding them up. It's, um, it's the saliva and the mastication from your, uh, your mouth and your teeth that'll do it. This becomes, you make a big glob or a cud with it and you spit it out and you can use it directly on wounds. And it's very cooling and it's so cooling it feels like an ice cube and it takes maybe 30 seconds to activate if you slide it. Maybe faster if you have, you have better biology in your, in your system. Um, but it's really fantastic. So this is something that I um, preserve in oil and then use in, in the first aid cream, but it's also something you can pick off the street if you get burned by a cigarette or um, get stung by a bee. This is the, one of the first plants I reach for. So if you want to um, gently grab a leaf or just pass this around. You can just identify it. It's called lance leaf plantain, or I think we call it something slightly different here. It's a narrow leaf plantain. There's broad leaf and there's narrow leaf. They have the same medicinal qualities. It's always in my salves. This is uh, also a medicinal plant, and it's called spiny lettuce. You can pass it around. You can see the spines in the back. The latex is really bitter, so if you lick it, it's very bitter if you want to break part of it and just taste it. Um, this is a sedative. It's really, it's really bitter. It's a sedative? Sedative. Is it called spiny lettuce? Spiny lettuce. Spinoza. We were like spinoza. Latuca spinoza. Anyway, it's, um, uh, you can see all the spines. It's also used uh, energetically for having a strong backbone and creating boundaries between others. So there's a quality of that. It's a really, it's, it's, a, it's a stunning plant. Um, the, the sedative in this plant is actually really hard to process. It takes multiple slow simmers to, to get it, but the resulting um, kind of syrup you get is, is black and sticky. So this is so when you when you're doing mushroom ID and who, who does mycology? Who is a amateur mycologist? Anybody? Very amateur. Very amateur. There's different parts you're looking at. You're looking at where is it coming out of? It's a, this is a soil fungus. It's, it's really kind of amazing. But this is, um, you know, compaction that's taken advantage of, of this moisture catchment. Um, but we look at the stipe and the cap and the gills and if they're attached to the stem or not. And then we can take a spore print. And this is probably, I was already dropped its spore. I mean, this one definitely has, but this one has it. Um, this one might not have. And what we do is take the color of the spore print is that you take this cap off. Popped, popped right off. You smell it. You would look under a loop and then you'd flip it over and you put it on some uh, white paper and just watch the spore drop and you would have the color of the spore print. What's really interesting about this mushroom is that you could, well, any mushroom is that you could collect your spore print on a piece of aluminum foil, fold that aluminum foil up 
and create a spore library. Those spores will live on that aluminum foil and you could break it out and then culture from them. So this is interesting that like look at the environment that it thrives on knowing that it's networking nutrients within the soil. You might want to catch this, not for eating purposes, but for ecological purposes, and introduce these into a similar environment. So this is where you kind of look at what is adapting to an environment and you can take it. So the idea that you could drop this in aluminum foil, just fold it up, that's how people travel around with um, spore. <laughs> and create spore libraries, it's pretty simple. Plant-centric people believe that things like oaks are your keystone species. Mycocentric people believe that mushrooms are, are actually calling everything forward. Um, so mushrooms um, not only are networking nutrients, but they're, they're decomposers, and these are uh, bird's nest mushrooms. You've seen, have you seen these in your yard? These little guys? They're like little tiny bird's nests. <laughs> this is an older mare's tail. If you want to eat some of the leaves and feel the buzz, you're welcome to. There's some dirt on it. I would just kind of brush it off. You could take a little tip or try a whole leaf and hold it in your mouth and you're gonna, it's going to numb it out a little bit. It's pretty, it's young though. We'll see how strong it is. It's 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 still it's still really oh now it's coming okay now you're gonna, you're gonna get it but it's still a really young plant but it's pretty powerful already um, so if you want to taste some mare's tail take a leaf and just hold it in your mouth it's this guy um, so this is straw that's sprouting that's coming from Rafa Sparzas he's he's um, mixing it in to make these adobe bricks and. This is all sprouted, and what I like about it is that this is kind of ready to go. So this, um, I'm, I'm guessing it's wheat straw. You get wheat straw in this area as opposed to oat straw. And wheat is a really strong, a really, really strong remediator, remediator of arsenic. And it's just like, and, and here it is. I mean, it's like, this is, um, even up arsenic, if we plopped it down in the areas that have arsenic there, which there are. Um, so that's just coming up. You can see his bales sprouting. Some of his um, bricks have actually sprouted as well. And this, like, unsterilized poop. These are primordia. And these are... Here, you want a piece of poop here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get your hands dirty. <laughs> There's, uh, yeah, clean puddles to wash them in someplace else. These are... Um, baby mushrooms and they're really really good decomposer they're called uh, inky caps and what happens is they float and when they're really young you can eat them and they're in, in, uh, just in, incredible in the garden and they um, kind of blow out their cap and I don't see any that I can they're pretty dry they blow out that cap and that black stuff yesterday was was inky and you could just it's as black as soot and um, yeah, these are inky cats. And they're digesting the um, protein that's in this. And you can see their uh, mycelium. And um, yeah, they're edible at this point, but who's gonna grab these to eat? <laughs> they are. Yara, do you wanna talk about this plant? Oh, uh, mule fat. Uh, mule fat, native. Um, Propagate. Yeah, they're, um, they're amazing plants. I mean, uh, 
if you think about it, this is like right now we're on a, um, a dirt road. And Rafa, he said that while he was over there digging, like uh, he dug like a foot down and there was just like more concrete. So this is a pretty like huge size stroke considering that like this, this is all paved over in concrete for the most part except for the little scratches. But, um, but yeah, it's a beautiful thing to plant. You usually find them like near like riparian areas. Um, there's a lot of insects on them. There's so many, yeah. And then some, some European honeybees are here. Yeah, oh man, they're so cute when they go inside the flower. But um, <laughs> uh, I guess uh, the reason I, I, was, I remember hearing a while ago, and I'm not sure if it's true, but um, the reason why they're called mule fat is when the Spanish missionaries came. Uh, this is a huge um, food source for uh, their horses and their mules. Really sturdy, and they would tie them to the plant. Too? Yeah. yeah. So oh, they just cool. kind of stay in there. So when you look at the substrate of this area, it's really compacted and really crazy. But there's so much deposit of organic material is that you're actually building a rich layer on top of it. and most of the hairs are on the top of the leaf, okay? And, um, and I usually try to um, hold it, uh, like this, okay. It's very stimulating. To see photos from this walk, visit our Facebook page, and to learn more about Nancy's residency, go to clockshop.org slash bowtie. Thanks for listening.